especially for working moms, it's a constant struggle because you feel like no matter what you're doing at work, it's never good enough. And it's because you have this family at home that's on your mind or is Mm -hmm. taking your time. And then when you're home with your family, you feel like whatever you do there isn't good enough because you have work on your mind or, you know, you are, you have your kids in daycare or you get extra childcare, you know, whatever you need to do to make it work. And so we just are constantly being bombarded with these messages that we, we aren't good enough. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real-life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood, because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. On this week's episode, I am talking to Gretchen Cleveland. Gretchen spent over a decade working as a corporate attorney, and she worked closely with businesses on everything from system implementation to process development to mergers and acquisitions. During that time, she became an epic problem solver and a solution builder. She's now transferred her solution building skills to the online space, where she practices as an online business manager and business strategist. She continues to work with incredible heart-centered business owners. Gretchen thrives on learning about and understanding her clients' visions partnering to identify ways to elevate and spread their messages, and then building behind the scenes processes and systems to make the client's dreams a technical reality. Gretchen and I talk about all things being a online mom-owned business owner, balancing your family life, and how she was able to take the skills that she had learned and honed in on in her corporate job and take those into her business. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Gretchen. Let's dive into it. Hi, Gretchen. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, Kelly. I am well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, sort of like your background and anything else you want to share with our audience today? For sure. So as you already said, I am Gretchen Cleveland. I am a mama to three littles. So I have a three-year-old, a six-year-old in first grade and an eight-year-old in third grade. And I have been with my partner for over 15 years. And right now we are living in Colorado. But you might be able to tell as we talk today that I have a really nice, strong Wisconsin accent. So (laughs) I'm originally (laughs) from the Midwest. And we were most recently before Colorado, we were living in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually in the Midwest as well. I'm from Chicago. So. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we both went to UIC. That's where we met. 
Oh, wow. I actually did. I went there for a couple of years, actually, and then <laughs> transferred somewhere else. But yeah, I started out going there after high school. <laughs> That's awesome. Small world. <laughs> yeah, very small world. Yeah. yeah, cool. So yeah, awesome. So Gretchen, can you tell us about what you're doing online now, sort of your online business, how it came about? And was it something you always wanted to do? Or how did you start the business? Or how did you get the idea for it? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So currently today, I'm an online business manager and business strategist. So what that means is I help online business owners in a few ways. My favorite way is really to help with the online strategy. So figuring out you know, how to launch their next programs or how they're going to be doing outreach to their target market, how they want their business to grow and what strategies are they going to use to reach those goals. So that's really mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do. And then a lot of what I do is all related to that. So really helping build out structures and systems behind the scenes so that online business owners can actually scale and achieve those goals. Whenever you start out something, whether that's a business or something else, you know, you kind of dip your toe in and see how it feels. And then you try on a couple other things. And then before you know it, you have all these different things that maybe aren't organized or don't work super well together. And so I find that a lot of my clients are sort of in that boat where they started out and everything was working just fine, but they're kind of at that threshold where in order to scale, they need to create some more efficiencies and automations and things like that. So that's where mm -hmm. I step in and really help figure out how we're going to get from point A to point B. And I was a corporate attorney for 10 years and some funny correlations. So I'm, I'm definitely finding that a lot of my work now in the online space is very similar to my work as an attorney. I was a heavy project manager. In addition to using my legal skills, I did a lot of forming businesses and especially selling businesses, which are, you know, very strategic and sometimes intense projects. So I think my training there really led me to be successful here. And I honestly wasn't even familiar with what an OBM was until maybe about a year ago, half a year ago. So I certainly knew what a VA was, but I had been in my legal career, like I said, for 10 years, and I was just really ready for something new. I wasn't feeling very inspired by the law. Uh, like I wasn't excited to learn new things. And with the three little kids, <laughs> I definitely was looking for more time freedom. And my partner also was getting his PhD. He just graduated this past summer. So we were also looking for a bit more geographic freedom. Because when you have two people who, you know, two career focused parents, it can be really hard to relocate. And right. so, so, yeah, so I just knew that I was just really looking for more freedom and control over how I spent my time and really how I spent my life. And so, and I'm going to get my years mixed up because I keep forgetting it's 2021, but uh, and <laughs> yeah. about end of 2018, I got the inkling to leave my legal job. And then I spent 2019 just really like saving and planning. I joined a mastermind to help me figure out how to set up an online business and really kind of formalize what I wanted that business to be. And then at the beginning of 2020 in January, my company actually eliminated my position. So they had just undergone a big acquisition and had way too many attorneys. And I was 
the remote attorney living in Colorado. And my position was eliminated, which actually worked out really well since I was planning on leaving anyway. So I had started my own career coaching business. Because one thing that I discovered as a working mom was that I really lost that sense of who I was and what I cared about and what was important to me and even Mm -hmm. like what interested me or what was fun because so much of my time was just working kids and working kids. So yeah, right. (laughs) I'm sure everyone (laughs) listening can relate to that. So yeah, so I had developed a course to help working moms and just working women in general kind of come back to who they are, figure out what it is they want to do so that they can then recalibrate professionally. And so I did that last summer and, you know, it was really great. But one of the things that I learned was that I was really lonely. So I had missed all of that collaboration and brainstorming together and things like that, which in the coaching model that I had set up, because it was a group coaching program, I didn't really get to do as much of that as I liked. And also It was really, really challenging for me to get clients because in a pandemic, a lot of people are not super interested in leaving their jobs because they're just grateful to have a job. So with that, I was like, well, I don't really see myself going back to the law for all the reasons I already mentioned. So how else can I use my skills and leverage those to do something that affords me that freedom that I was looking for, but also will maybe hopefully provide that more one-on-one contact and collaboration that I'm looking for, and maybe hopefully just not just be so much of a struggle to really find people who want to work together. So, So that's how the OBM business was born. Nice. Yes. I've been hearing a lot more recently about OBMs and I had never heard that term before either, before I sort of started exploring the online space. But I think that's great that you were able to sort of kind of evaluate what you truly needed, which was that sort of freedom, but you still wanted to collaborate with people and that that you came to this sort of place in the OBM world. I think, yeah, that's just something that's a lot of us working moms sort of want to find that place that we're both happy with, you know, what we're our home life and our career life. And I think it sounds like you found that. So I think that's really great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And it's a, (laughs) I mean, it's always an evolving process, right? So I'm sure we both have felt this way or feel it now and have friends this way of, because our kiddos are always changing and the world is always changing. Finding what yeah. works for you professionally is always going to be changing too. So kind of getting comfortable with that willingness to reevaluate and make change. For sure. Yeah. Did you follow a sort of like an OBM training program or how did you go about like getting started? Or did you kind of just say, this is what I sort of want to do. So I'm going to transition to trying to find these types of clients. Great question. So I um, frankly just transitioned, but I had built several websites on my own. I was an editor for a blogging franchise. And so I was familiar with kind of the online world and, and blogging and how to use all those tools and platforms. So I had that specific online knowledge that I had been mm-hmm. doing that for about three years, just kind of more as a hobby and things I like to do on the side. So I already had that. And then, you know, with my legal work, so much of what I did was actually understanding and building and implementing systems. 
And mm-hmm. one thing that I learned about myself is that I can catch on to that really quickly. Like it is, it just comes naturally to me and I don't really have to struggle at it. And so I decided that I just needed to trust that skill of mine and, you know, that I can figure out anything if it relates to like these platforms and apps and things like that. And so when I launched my online business model, I don't charge by the hour because I do recognize that some of these things are going to be entirely new to me. And, you know, what matters to me most is that I have a good relationship with my clients and that we get along well and enjoy working together. So if that means that I am spending you know, a longer time learning a platform or a tool that a client wants to use, that's totally fine with me. I don't have any issues about that whatsoever. And it benefits me because then in the long run, I get broader experience. So that was kind of how I went about doing it. And because I had kind of been in this world for a while, and um, thankfully, because I had launched my coaching business, I had a ton of online business friends that I had developed over the last year. So I also just had a network of people who I could reach out to and just let them know what I was doing. And I've gotten some clients that way, or they've referred me to their friends. So it kind of all came pretty organically. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I love that. So we talked a little bit about how you had sort of used your project management skills, and you took those from your corporate law career and took those into running your online business. So a lot of moms I hear are sort of just scared and nervous to, like a lot of them don't even think that they have the necessary skills to start an online business. So what would you tell them and give them advice on where they can look to start finding, you know, start evaluating? Like I know myself included, like I had that feeling for quite a while. And then just had to kind of make the leap just like you did and just trust that I did have those skills and background and I could carry those with me from a corporate job to an online business. Yeah. And you know, what is really interesting is that at least with my coaching business too, I saw that that doesn't just apply from going from, you know, corporate to online or brick and mortar to online. So Mm -hmm. many women feel like all they can do is the only thing that they've been doing. Yeah. And so, you know, part of that, I think is just like a lot of external conditioning about our value and our worth. And, you know, internal messages, whether we develop them on our own, or they're things that we heard and then internalize just about how are we valuing ourselves? How are we valuing our skills? You know, especially for working moms, it's a constant struggle because you feel like no matter what you're doing at work, it's never good enough. And it's because you have this family at home that's on your mind or is mm-hmm. taking your time. And then when you're home with your family, you feel like whatever you do there isn't good enough because you have work on your mind or, you know, you have your kids in daycare or you get extra childcare, you know, whatever you need to do to make it work. And so we just are constantly being bombarded with these messages that we aren't good enough. And so- yeah. I feel like the first step really is to start combating that. And so one of the things I started about five years ago is just a gratitude practice. And so I know this is really common and a lot of people talk about it. But in addition to writing what you are grateful for in your life, you can start writing things that you're grateful for about yourself. And for me, that was a really great way to start to understand what are the skills or what are the traits that I have that 
I appreciate and that make me unique. And once you start understanding those, then you can come up with ideas of how to translate that into a new career, whether that's a different company or a different role at your same company or making the leap to online or whatever it may be, because you start to see that really the kind of the structure or the container that you're working in doesn't matter because your skills still work in all the same ways. Yes, you'll learn new stuff. You know, you'll have to figure out how to work WordPress or whatever. (laughs) But you know, your fundamental skills and traits are always there. And they can be applied to any of those different scenarios. Once you can start really understanding and seeing what those are, then it becomes a little bit more easier for you to visualize how you can use those in different capacities. Yeah, I love that. That's great. I never really thought about including sort of things that you're grateful for about yourself. But that is such a good sort of launching point for people if they're struggling to come up with ways they can be happier, I guess, in their careers. Because sometimes we sit in a job for a while and we kind of start thinking about it and we're like, is this really what I want to do for the long haul? Like, do I want to be here until (laughs) retirement? I don't think I do. So yeah, let's start thinking up some different ways that I can still thrive in my career, but you know, not have to give up my family life for it. Yep, exactly. So great. I was going to ask, and that's a good transition, because I was going to ask you, why do you think moms do struggle to put themselves first. And, you know, we tend to put all of our family's needs above our own, especially when our kids are super little. It's very hard to do anything for ourselves in those moments, in those years. It's just probably a struggle for most of us. What would you say? Why do you think that is? Yeah, I completely agree. And I am like, a self-professed kids first (laughs) until like I'm getting better at it, right? It's a muscle you have to develop and practice. But yeah, I was in that same boat, especially when they were little, I did everything for them to put them first and make sure all their needs were met. And, you know, as women, I think, you know, we were talking about messages before, we somehow often end up feeling responsible for everyone else's happiness. So, you know, if our kids aren't happy, if our partner or other family members aren't happy, if our boss isn't happy or our team members or even our direct reports aren't happy, somehow we feel like it's our job to make them happy. And so, (laughs) you know, we just do whatever we think it takes to get them there. And really, it's not our responsibility. So I think really just kind of coming to terms with each person is responsible for their own happiness can help a lot. And, you know, obviously that doesn't mean you can just hurt people (laughs) willy nilly or like be insensitive or inconsiderate, but also, you know, sometimes you have to say no and the other, someone else is going to be disappointed and that's okay. That's their disappointment to deal with. If that means Mm -hmm. that you are, you know, protecting your boundaries and your well being. And something that I did recently, I got a new planner. I'm a planner freak. I love them. I tried a new planner for 2021 it's the power sheets by cultivate what matters. And there's an exercise in there. Well, it has a bunch of exercises. So if you are looking into the power sheets, there's not just one, there are many, but (laughs) there's a particular exercise (laughs) that I really liked. And it asks you to kind of reflect on the last year and identify, you know, what worked, what didn't, what was really hard and what kind of was good or was happy in the last year. And then the next step is it asks you to 
identify really what you learned or what that year's experience in a total has taught you. And for me, that was really powerful because I learned that last year, I spent a lot of time just really prioritizing myself, my health, my mental well-being, you know, with all of us in a pandemic, I very early on in spring felt a rapid decline in, you know, my mental health and things like that. So I turned it around. And what I really learned was that when I prioritized myself, everything in my life worked so much more smoothly and was so much more fun and graceful and happy. So my relationships with my partner and my kids were better. I had a better attitude toward my work and my business. Even when my business was, you know, challenging, I found more joy and gratitude in kind of the daily moments. And so even if it takes time, I think, you know, to prioritize yourself and put yourself first, what I learned is that time you spend there has so many ripple effects and positive ramifications down the road, that if you don't spend the time on yourself, you're ending up spending the time on things that you otherwise wouldn't have to like bickering kids or stewing over like interaction you had with a coworker or something like that, that is really just not a good use of your energy. So if you can divert that time and energy to yourself, those other things just kind of don't happen, or you're able to move through them much more quickly. So I feel like in the end, you end up saving time rather than feeling like you spent time on yourself. Oh, yeah, I would 100% agree with that. So it took me a little bit longer to realize that I would say since probably September, October, I've been really trying to prioritize myself. And it is such a world of a difference when you do that. And I don't think you even realize how much you're neglecting yourself until you start adding those things in. And then you start prioritizing yourself. And then you just see the compound effect of it as the months go on. So it probably will take like a couple of months to actually start feeling like the effects of it. But once you do, it's just like, it's an amazing change. Like you can't even describe it unless you've experienced it. It's just like a world of a difference. Right. And then it becomes a non-negotiable, right? Because you think about, well, look where I am now versus where I was before. Why would I ever go back to not <laughs> loving myself? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just think that, and it's a lot of what I've talked about on this podcast too. It comes up again and again with moms. And I always ask the question, like, what is something you have to do for yourself every day? And all the different answers are really unique. And but I'm happy that moms are actually taking the time to do something for themselves every day. Right. Yes. Yes. Way to go, moms. <laughs> so Gretchen, what would be some tips for moms who are struggling? So say they're just in sort of like a negative place and they know they want to do something more, they want to do something for themselves, but they're kind of in this negative headspace or cycle and they're struggling with managing everything. What are some tips you would give to them? Great question. So, okay, I know it's winter, but honestly, getting outside can be a huge mood booster. I once remembered all the science on why and I am forgetting it in this moment. <laughs> but you know, feeling the sunshine, getting that fresh oxygen, even if it's only for a few minutes, can be really, really great. So, you know, and I know it's hard to fit this in. And 
I'll share one thing I struggle with is I like to go on walks by myself or I like to do yoga by myself and (laughs) it's it's feasible all the time. And so, you know, some easy ways to try that are if you drop off or pick up your kids from school, maybe park your car a little bit further away. So you do get those few minutes of alone time before, after you've dropped them off that you can just walk on your own. Sometimes I will just like, if it's warm enough, (laughs) you know, you can just sit outside for five minutes between breaks, or if you have a little one napping or something like that. For me, just getting outside can be a huge, huge help. And then another tip is, we talked about gratitude already, but there are a lot of little journals out there that have just short little prompts or are even pretty... They have like the same format every day. One of them is the five minute journal, which actually I think probably takes two minutes. So that's a misnomer. But you know, even <laughs> just doing those a few minutes a day to check in or just journal what's on your mind can one in that moment can feel very helpful because you have an outlet for whatever you're feeling or what's going on internally. And then, you know, second, if you look back at it over, you know, a month or every three months or something, you can start to develop trends, or you can even like physically see as you read your words, how you're mood or attitude has changed over time with a short journal practice. So I feel like that's another super easy thing to build in. You do have to build it in as part of your routine, right? That's always the hard part. You know, those aren't very time consuming things that you can do to build in little breaks for yourself and prioritize yourself. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes that's the hardest part is just sticking to that routine. Like we all have the great ideas that we want to do and our (laughs) goals and everything. But then when it comes to it, like actually doing it every day or every few days or however often you want to do it, I think that's the most challenging part. But I've actually, I'm a part of a membership now that talks about like habit stacking and like adding on, adding on habits. So like the first week you just do something small for like five minutes and the second week you add something else on and then the third week you add another thing on and like by the time you get to the fourth week it just becomes like sort of automatic in your head like this is what I'm going to do yep yeah and I think another thing along with that you reminded me another thing that really helps is just describing yourself as like that person can help with the habit so for example I am pretty much normally a terrible water drinker. And so <laughs> so I started telling myself like I'm a person who drinks a lot of water. So I might not be there yet, but that helps me carry my water around the house, keep it full next to me. I keep it at my desk. So I'm taking sips throughout the day, even if I'm not, you know, having big gulps. If we are going on a drive with the kids just to get out of the house, it makes me bring my water bottle. So even like just kind of reframing how you think of yourself can help a lot too in establishing those habits and stacking those habits so that you, you know, as you're building the physical routine, you're also changing your mindset so they go hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the water is a challenge too. (laughs) I find that when I was working in my corporate job for some reason, I was much better at it. But then I also sat at a desk for like 10 hours a day and that was horrible for my body. Right. (laughs) So it's like, um, which one is the worst scenario here? (laughs) (laughs) Great. So I guess what advice would you give to moms then kind of switching back a little bit to the business side of things. What advice would you give to moms who would like to start a side hustle or small business? Well, there are so many routes to go. And 
you know, I see this a lot with my clients. So I think it is a great place to start is to do what works for you. There are, you know, any number of courses of influencers of free programs and things like that, that can tell you how to set up a business. Mm -hmm. So those are all absolutely used. Those are great places to learn. But what you have to do is take those learnings and those things and apply them to you and what feels good to you. So, you know, if you're hearing about me and I have an OBM business or you really love this podcast and you think you might want to start a podcast, that's fantastic. But just explore how you can do that in a way that fits with your personality and your life. Because if you are trying to emulate what someone else has done because they've been successful, that mm -hmm. may get you results or it may not, or it may get you somewhere that you end up ultimately not liking because you're not that person. So it's not that, you know, someone is any better because they have more experience. It's just you're different. So honor those differences in your business. And that's really what people want to buy because there are so many people who do the same thing. So if you can just reflect and represent who you are in your business, that will draw people to you who like you for who you are, want to work with you. And so really, I think that's my biggest tip. I know there's all kinds of things like getting over the imposter syndrome and stop feeling like a fraud and all of that stuff. But I think really the foundational piece is just to really understand who you are and be conscientious about building that into your business. And I think that that will definitely lead you to the type of success that you are seeking. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that's so important because especially like when you're first starting out, there's so many different things out there. And as you mentioned, like different entrepreneurs you can follow, different programs, different coaching programs. It's just overwhelming at times mm -hmm. to try to figure out, okay, should I take this coaching program? Should I go this way? Should I just do everything myself? Because I really don't have the budget right now to like pay mm -hmm. somebody else to, to do coaching and to set up this business. And yeah, but I love that advice that you just gave, like stay true to yourself and do really what feels good to you. And there might be things that absolutely don't work for you. Like personally, like video, I really struggle with being on video. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs are moving towards video, but it has just really been a struggle. So that's part of my business where I'm trying to figure out like, should I do video or should I just stay to podcasting? Should I just keep going on this path or should I try new things? But right now it doesn't feel good for me to be on video. <laughs> right. Then don't do video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's also a trial and error, right? Like you probably had to try video a couple times to see if it felt good or not. So it's not about like ruling things out because they are not on brand for you or whatever, but it's, yeah. you know, and, and you have to start somewhere. So if following, you know, a plan or a schedule that someone is offering you, if that gives you the tools that you need to at least get going and see what works, like do that. My advice is not to, you know, create everything from scratch, but it is like, if something doesn't feel good, don't keep doing it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So important. So Gretchen, is there any other advice that you'd like to give moms that are listening? Um. So coming from, you know, just a very like hectic corporate lifestyle, which I'm sure many of you can relate with is just be patient with yourself as you are, 
you know, refining your priorities and refocusing on yourself and figuring out what your world looks like in 2021, because it's constantly changing. I feel like the most important thing you can do is just be patient and give yourself grace because you're going to screw up some days. You're going to snap at your kids. You're going to miss a deadline. But ultimately, you know, if you can focus on what's important, that's you and those relationships. And so those other things can fall away. So if you can just, like I said, be patient and show yourself some grace, you'll feel (laughs) a lot less stress and anxiety in your life and just your day to day living. I love that. And I love that I'm hearing that message on many different fronts lately. I feel like I've been seeing that message a lot to sort of just give yourself grace and allow yourself time to rest and reset and all those good things. Because ultimately, when you do allow yourself to do all those things, good things come from it. Like then you can start really like seeing like what you're capable of, I think when you allow yourself to take that time to rest and reset. Yep, totally agreed. You said that very well. (laughs) (laughs) So Gretchen, I just have a couple more questions for you. I do ask these questions to every guest, sort of get to know a little bit more about you and what you're working on and your likes and things like that. So what is something you would consider? And we talked about this a little bit earlier, like something that you have to do every day so you can start your or end your day on a positive note. So my favorite thing is actually I have a diffuser next to my bed. So my favorite thing every night is just filling that up with whatever I feel like I need. You know, sometimes it's just lavender. Sometimes it is, you know, if I'm feeling congested or something, but really that just helps me turn off the day, relax, feel grateful and helps me fall asleep. I love lavender as well. That is my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. So what is your favorite working mom hack that would get you through a hectic or difficult day? So I guess a hack would really be, I would, this is going to expose me a little bit. So in my office, I had an art wall and I had whatever, because you know, your kids make like such an abundance of art. And so, you know, sometimes they would visit my office or we would just have so much at home. So I would hang it all on my wall in my office. Or if you have a cube, you can do that or at your home office. And so when I would find myself getting really stressed out or anxious, or just like, you know, the crankies at work when that's the last place you want to be, I would just (laughs) put on my favorite music and just like take a minute, take a beat, look at the kids at work, it would calm me down. I would, you know, you remember what they, you know, how they described the picture or what the day was like when you guys made that painting together or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. or, you know, how proud they were, you would see their little face of how proud they were when they brought you the picture. So, so that always just kind of, I guess it's not really a hack, but that was always a good way for me to just like slow down, (laughs) you know, kind of make time stop a little bit. So you don't get so caught up in the frenzy and the rush of things. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it sort of kind of is a reset, right? Yes. Yeah, I love that. So who are your favorite either podcasters, bloggers, a favorite author that has really influenced you throughout the years? So I love reading. I'm a huge reader. And one of my favorite authors is Jen Sincero. And she just had a new book that she released for 2021 called Badass Habits. But you probably know her from 
She has, you are a badass. She has, you are a badass at making money. You are a badass Mm -hmm. every day. And then now this new one, badass habits. And what I really love about her is she, first of all, she's older than me, which not that it, not that it really matters, but she kind of came into her own at a later age. And so for me, that's like, you know, I often feel like we feel the pressure to have it all figured out. And why don't you know your career path and all of that sort of stuff. So one thing I just like her voice and her perspective, because she didn't really turn her her life into what she wanted it to be until she was in her 40s. And so that's just kind of like, I like just reading from her and the permission that she gives to take your time to get your stuff together. But she's really about Her general topic is manifesting, but the way that she talks about it is not in the Gabby Bernstein way, which I also love Gabby, but it's in a much more like practical, realistic, relatable way for me, at least. So when I read You Are a Badass, I think that was probably in my seventh year as an attorney and was really unhappy and knew I needed to turn stuff around. And so reading that first book really helped me start doing things like the gratitude practice and those different types of activities that helped me prioritize myself and reframe how I was approaching my life and thinking about myself. So I typically read that one at the beginning of every year. And then all her other books just really supplement and build on that. So I would definitely say if you have not checked out the Badass series, that it is a good one, as long as you don't mind some foul language. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually yeah, I read two of her books. And I downloaded one on Audible. And her actually reading the book is awesome, too. I have to say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I live about an hour from Boulder. And she has spent a good chunk of her life in Boulder and has friends in Boulder. And so when her she has you are a badass every day and they're like little snippets and so she did a book reading in boulder and i went because that was before covid and you could do things in person Um, but yeah i can imagine her book was awesome because just hearing her you know she read some excerpts and stuff and it was just really captivating and she just has her personality is very well reflected in her writing style so it's cool to see you know her reading her words because they're they're already so vivid and well done Yeah, I love that when the author just has that type of personality in their audiobook where it just kind of draws you in. And it's like, sometimes I just am tired and just want to lay there and listen to something and not like actually have to hold the book. (laughs) So it's perfect to download books like that. Yeah. So what are you currently working on that you're most excited about? Well, I have not done my own 2021 business planning because I've been doing it for all my clients. Yeah. So... I, um, I'm really excited. I scheduled a CEO day for myself to really just like hunker down and build out my plan. I have so many visions of things to bring to help people. And it's really exciting to serve in this way for me. I get, I feel like I am creative and collaborative, which are two important things for me, but I feel like really I am serving my clients really well and getting them what they need. And so I'm just kind of excited to dive into that and map out the year. You know, I don't have any illusions that the plan will not change because 2020 taught us that. Yeah, it is just kind of fun to put things together and figure out, okay, you know, this is what I want to achieve this year. And just to have that somewhere to get excited about and see every day and remind me why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I think that that will be an awesome kind of project to guide the year in a positive way. 
Yeah, that sounds great. And yeah, I'm excited to see where you go and what direction you go. And it sounds like, you know, your business is really helping people and you're really doing things that you love and being creative, which is awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So Gretchen, where can we find you online? Where do you hang out the most often and all that good stuff so people can follow you if they're interested in what you're doing? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I am on Instagram at Gretchen.Cleveland and my website is GretchenCleveland.com. Okay, perfect. And I will also include all of that in the show notes for the listeners as well. So they can go in, click on all those good links and find everything right there in the show notes. So thank you. Yes, (laughs) of course, of course. So thank you so much, uh, Gretchen, for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time to just talk to me and tell me your story and all of the great little nuggets of advice you gave. I really think it's really super important that we keep sharing all these stories about the different ways, I guess, that we do work as working moms, right? Because we're not all the same. We don't all have the same story. So I just think it's great that you took the time to come on today and share that with us. Oh, thank you so much. This was super fun. And yeah, I could not agree. The more we can share stories and see ways of doing things, I think just inspires us and helps us, you know, grow and expand the way we want to. So thank you. Yes, of course. And thank you so much, Gretchen. Have a great day. You too. Bye, Kelly. Bye. And to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Don't forget to go check out the show notes for links to all of the resources that we've talked about today. And I wanted to let you know of an amazing new mini course that I'm offering So if you head on over to theworkingmomcollective.com slash purpose, you can sign up for a mini course on discovering the path to your purpose. So in this course, I will take you through six modules to help you go from stressed, burnt out, and overwhelmed in your current career situation to happy, excited, and hopeful, and filled with passion for pursuing your purpose. So this mini course will set you up to pursue your purpose with the mindset that you can actually turn your dreams into a business. So go to theworkingmomcollective.com slash purpose to sign up for this mini course and tag me on Instagram once you sign up, letting me know what you've discovered in your journey to pursuing your passions. So let me just tell you, I have been wanting to release a resource for all of you for the longest time. And I'm finally just putting this out into the world in hopes that it will help somebody that was like me about a year or two ago when I was completely unhappy in my current career situation. I knew I had to make a change, but I didn't exactly know where to even start. I didn't know what even the next step would look like. So this mini course is for you if you have that feeling where you know that you want to do something more, that you want to pursue something else 
and you just really are unsure of where to get started. So it will be six modules. Module one will be a skill assessment and survey. Module two will be mindset work. Module three will be truly exploring your dreams and what those look like and how you can actually turn them into reality. Module four will be taking those dreams that you explored and formulating them into a business idea. Module five will be marketing plan basics for marketing your business. And module six will be the tech tools that you need to get started. So if you would like to start pursuing your purpose today, then just go sign up on the workingmomcollective.com slash purpose. And like I said, tag me on Instagram or DM me or send me an email and let me know how it's going for you. I really want to help you through exploring and discovering your purpose and some business ideas that you have. So please do tag me and send me DMs. I read all of them. And thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. I will catch you on the next show. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to, and it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful and just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast. Without you, I would have the podcast. So thank you so much.